would you set go? Did you kill it or completely bomb it? But there's one thing we know You didn't make any money How'd you set go? Cool, cool, cool. So I'm here with Ty Moore. Ty Moore's here with me. We're at the Shrunken Head. Hey, Ty. Hi, Steven. How'd your set go? Um, I didn't close as well as I'd liked. I kind of forgot uh, how I was going to end. I've been trying to work this uh, bit about the hypothetical creation of your robot and how far along do you think yours is coming. And I'm trying to... I'm trying to convey to people that I feel like, even though I'm a dummy and I've probably given away more information on the internet than I forgot, <laughs> um, I I do a lot of weird like I don't I'm not all the way in on technology like some of my friends that I some of my friends that I like you know talk to every day they have like their home security their TV their garage door their car startup. All on their phone as apps. Oh yeah, and everything's like synced. People Bluetooth like Bluetooth speakers. They'll do the lights in their house. Yeah, They'll have like echo Damn dots it. in every room. Oh yeah. Yep. The real deal. And I've been in a lot of houses like that too that aren't my friends, just because I was. You just get, go into a lot of houses. Yeah, they are <laughs> mad when they see me, but like then I talk myself out of you know breaking and entering. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I'm fortunate that most people understand that it's just me being curious more than anything. <laughs> I'm complimenting your home when I break in. <laughs> I want to look at it, and I want to see how much technology you're using versus how old-fashioned you are. Yeah, and the, they obviously take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah. They're so overwhelmed with joy that I've broken into their house <laughs> successfully because all I needed was their fucking thumbprint to get on their phone that unlocks all of their things and turns off their security, too. So you can do... But I, yeah, so like I have some stuff, like I have some, you know, I have like a Twitter and Instagram. I like certain things on there, and then there's an algorithm created off of that. But I feel like mine's just, I'm trying to convey mine as like so quirky that all, just when they think they've got the last pieces of my robot being ready to be put together, I've done another, like, like I Googled the northernmost settlement on the planet, and it's this place called Long Yearman. And I read into it. It's like illegal to die there because it gets so cold that the bodies never really rot. They stay kind of preserved. There's like a the, law against dying? Yeah. Like, What's the punishment? Well, it's not technically a, a law, death. but they're like, you, you can't, because you can't really bury anybody there because of how cold it gets. Yeah. And like, there's people, they found that out because of the Spanish flu. It hung around there because those bodies that died from the Spanish flu. That wasn't even started by Spanish people, I yeah. believe. Oh, really? Yeah, clever marketing from what I've read. Anyway. Um, Not that clever. Yeah. Who do we hate right now? They did it. Yeah, those guys <laughs> over there. And we it's 1908, so we can, or whenever, this, 1918. Yeah, this so one just turned out pretty convenient. We can write it on a paper and sell it, and people will be like, that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> who are they going to ask? Yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah, there's no Jeeves around. There's no Google search. There's no Bing. <laughs> there weren't even commercials. You know, people thought that War of the Worlds was a thing. Yeah, they really thought we were being invaded by aliens. I asked my grandma about it once. She was like, "Yeah, we went to church." I'm like, oh, that's not as exciting, but like, yeah. cool, okay. She was like young at the time. Oh yeah, she was probably three or four years old, just yeah, being like, little. "Why are we going to church?" And then like everybody that was older than her that she looked up to was like, "I think there is a third kind invading our planet, <laughs> and we got to make a break for it. So let's go to Jesus's house and hope he'll." 
whittle away to whittle away whittle away at the attack. But anyway, <laughs> so I was trying to convey that. Oh that my didn't... god, you're right. That's God versus aliens. That's what people yeah. thought. They're like they're aliens. Why here. haven't they made that? God has yet. to fight them. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, you have Alien versus Predator. You have like Star Wars and intergalactic battles there, but nobody's thought like God the aliens. We haven't Religion made it a movie, but science. literally everyone thought that. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. No, no, no. But like, that's what happened. They're like, aliens are here. Yeah. Let's go to church. And none of us identified. Oh, they thought God was going to stop the aliens. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of like when they were preparing for a nuclear attack and they'd be like, hide under your desk. <laughs> Lewis Black has a really good bit about that. It's like you yeah, think going to church is the same as hiding under your desk for a nuclear bomb. Yeah, I mean, what kind of defense <laughs> is there going to be? You know, God might be in cahoots with the aliens too. Like, hey, uh, I can't do anything about this one, guys. Sorry, we have territorial agreements in space. You know, like my bosses that have worked it out. <laughs> yeah, like I made I'll this do my one, thing but here. like, yeah, this yeah. is me. That's you. Yeah, what, what can I say? He's been at it a lot longer than me. You're yeah. just going to have to do what he says. Yeah, no, I tried to negotiate, but he wouldn't let me keep Mars if I got to keep Earth, so <laughs> I'm looking to start anew, if you will. <laughs> Good him. luck, and God bless. Well, me bless. Bless. Me bless. All right, I'm out. Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, this all folds. Is this research for that bit, or you're doing this research when that bit came to you? No, I just, it's... I think about a lot of wild shit, so I, you know, there's obviously, like, conspiracy theories about the robot version of you being built oh, yeah. because of what you put online. Oh, yeah. So I people, just kind of ran with, with that. with schizophrenia really like yeah. clone theories. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't consume my life, but I do find it an interesting Yeah, I'm not concept. saying you do, but, like, that's where no, it's going. I consume going. a lot of other things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I would probably be in, in knees deep in this one if I had more, like, space in my brain. it's probably like right there on the bubble you know like a like a bubble team for the ncaa tournament will the will ty's thoughts about robot conspiracies get in his brain or not no no they'll get on the jumbotron but only for like 20 minutes yeah they have one (laughs) halftime performance and i'll judge off that and if they're not better than red red panda they don't get a they don't get a go in my brain so wait how did the bit do how did you think it went so that one is where i lost him because i think i started really well there yeah, were you did. The six guys, and I. Yeah, the guys in the front row. They pretty much look like everybody who's been a character on the American Pie movies that were not one, two, or three. Yeah, like you Band nailed Camp, them. Camp, sorority, yeah. or frat. What's the one that's like Naked Mile? I think. Yeah. One of them. One of them's like sorority rose. I don't know. There's, I think there's seven or eight total, and yeah, they like those secondary American Pie movies. I just I got. It was either going to be that or I was going to say that they look like the real bros of Simi Valley. But I feel like that's a YouTube show, so maybe that's kind of a... It was too much of a deep deep cut. I wouldn't have caught it. Yeah, yeah, that was my thought going up there. So I was like... And then I was like, well, I've got this Fu Manchu. I can be the creepy guy that sells him weed and is like, can I come to a lake party? You know, so I figured <laughs> I'd play with that. And then that got me into uh, where I say from the eyebrows up, I look like Brad... Or I could compete with Brad Pitt... From the eyebrows down, it's just Dorito Dutz on my dad tits. I Dude, used... your your stuff on your uh, the autocorrect and the dad tits was gold. Is that it's true? Yep. Or did that just happen while you're on stage? I told that. So I told everything up until Dorito Dust on my dad tits. I told all of that at a show last Thursday. Mm-hmm. I told the reaction to autocorrect correcting my bit 
tonight. Did you write that before, or did it just come to you? It kind of came to me after I told it because I was like, oh, yeah, I wrote sad tits, and then autocorrect changed it to dad tits. That's good. And then I was like, dad tits really worked. And I'm, I'm jealous. Like, once I saw the autocorrect change, I was like, oh, my God, I – I like dad tits better than sad tits. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I was like, fuck, autocrack knows how to punch up now. Yeah. Any kind of... Which my was hope... a delightful segue into the Boston Dynamics of exactly. making your clone. So that brings us to the second leg of the of the entire five-minute set. This is a very smooth set. Where I'm talking about, um, you know, now the only thing that I thought was going to keep me alive during the robot takeover was my originality, and I mockingly say originality, so people laugh at that. And then I'm like, now fucking autocorrect ducking does it better. And then I go, ah, see? Not perfect yet. And then I, <laughs> and then that's when I went into... So up until that point, I think it went well. When I got to the Boston Dynamics creation of you. And how people think they're doing in that asset. I think that's why I lost them. That's why I have been losing people. Because it's such a complex thing to convey. That I'm just going to need to keep rewriting it and retelling it. And a bunch of different, and it honestly might get whittled down to like a two line thing. That's happened with a lot of my bits that don't Dude, work. Dude, me too. I'm like, Sometimes how do I make this just... work? And I keep trying to add more yeah. and more, and I can't find anything. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go with the one sentence that hits, and then move on with my life. And then you realize that's a punch or a, or a tagline and another joke, and you're just mm -hmm. like, this is why I like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. You spend sets upon set upon set expanding on a concept. And then, like you said, you use part of it that does well as a punchline somewhere else one night. Mm -hmm. And it just it brings the whole goddamn meat pie together. And it's, it's a <laughs> thing of beauty. I love it, man. How, how, so have you gone, you've gone up then, right? Yeah, yep. I, I think I was uh, out back when you were up, so my no, apologies for missing. You're good. Your you're set. good. I, uh, yeah, it's not about my set. It's how'd your set go? Yeah, that's true. You yeah, are yeah. the host. Yeah, maybe I'll have, I'll have somebody else host at some point, and then I'll do my set. You should do that. Have you done a paid show for 15 minutes yet? I'm about, or uh, not paid. But are you going to do a show for 15 minutes, a, a 15 minute set? Yeah, on Saturday. Have you done a 15 minute set yet? No, but I did a 10 minute set and ran out of time. You should uh, ask somebody to interview you after your first 15 minute set. Ooh, that'd be good to have, huh? Yeah. Get my fresh thoughts. Yeah, because you're kind of powwowing with us about a five minute set, right? Yeah. Now, instead of asking you about a five-minute set, we're going to ask you about a 15-minute set because it's going to be a new experience for you since you're so young in the game. That's true. Yeah, and it doesn't even have to happen Saturday night. When's your show Saturday night? Saturday, yeah. It doesn't even have to happen Saturday night. Just try to remember the feeling of your first 15-minute set. Uh, just try to remember how, how it went, how you felt it went when you were up there. Try mm -hmm. to remember the key points. It's hard to do as a comedian because at least a lot I know a lot of us, including me, we just remember the negative parts of the bit. Oh, yeah. Of the set. Like, that's why I led with negativity. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, here's where I fucked up. That's what's fresh in my mind. Yep. I know exactly where I lost them. And then as we trail back, we retrace the steps of the entire set. And that's what gets me to, oh, I actually, probably the first two to two and a half minutes of that was all right. So, I mean, I have something there that can be used tomorrow if I need it. But this whole Boston Dynamics thing... Maybe going late at Bossy Girl tomorrow at the open, Michael. There you go. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, during the week, at least. I like doing those. Those. I'm I'm up at eleven fifteen, and there's two people. That you do. Comics. You like that? Yeah, because uh, it's you know it's gonna be shit. Mm -hmm. 
And then if you do a little bit well, you're like, oh, nice. I took on a challenge and did well. And then if you don't do well, you're like, I mean, it was probably going to be shit anyway, so why not? It's a win-win, I think, when you have a low uh, crowd numbers and low attentiveness and it's late. Because you're just, if you fail, you do what probably a lot of people are doing, is, is not getting laughs at that late, late spot mm-hmm. on a weeknight when there's nobody really in yeah, there. Yeah, there's no expectation to do well. Yeah, the bar, the bar is literally hell. Yeah. And if you can get one joke to work in your 10 minutes set at that point, it's kind of a success. But you keep pushing for more, and sometimes those end up being like 10 minutes. I know at Jimmy V's, it used to be Jimmy V's on South High. It's a restaurant called Double Take now. Really good food. Um, I went there a couple Saturdays ago. But when it was Jimmy V's, Logan Steak, Logan Steak ran the ran the mic, and it was Tuesday nights, and he wouldn't start till like 9.15 sometimes. Oh, okay. And Tuesday. I was working till 10 on Tuesdays, so i just scoot down there after my shift. And he'd give me 10 minutes because only like four or five comics would be there. Yeah. And that was a crowd where sometimes we had good crowds. I won't even lie. But there was a lot of nights where it was like no audience. You're just working for the bartender pretty much and the <laughs> other comics. Or all lobbyists from the state house. Oh. Yeah, because they would that all kinda be there. That kind of excites me. Yeah, it was uh, fun. I, I at one point got a table full of lobbyists to talk about ass eating i was like i know this fucking guy in the middle he had like a goatee i was like i know he's the ass eater of the office i can tell by his facial hair and it just hooked him i was like yep and you know because you got caught with him on lunch and i pointed at the girl next to him yeah and they're just like at that point because they've been in such a wild mental state as Mm -hmm. a lobbyist Mm -hmm. i think they just see something that's so bizarre as funny it might mm-hmm. not even be like a humorous laugh it might be a shock reaction of sort. oh no that's what they're like behind closed door though they're lobbyists oh i mean they were that's all drinking a whole lane of talking over us yeah You're right no they're degenerates just a different kind they just have nicer clothes than us 100 <laughs> percent. yeah for sure yeah they don't give a shit in a different kind of way yeah 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 yeah, yeah, we don't give a shit about like an, an audience of 15 people they don't give a shit about constituents yeah or like, like the state. Yeah. Like, yeah these Organized people. use of tax dollars. Yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. This company needs to get like this building built on the west side. And we really don't give a shit about the people who live there. No. They're lobbyists. <laughs> yeah. You mean we can make money off that? All right. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them. God, yeah. that's probably their mo- motto. We Fuck them. Ca- yeah. We kind of had a thing where it was like, hey, don't get too, too attacking and political at them because they're providing the bar a lot of money ah uh, yeah they're the only ones here don't walk them yeah no matter how fun it is there was one comedian who had been in the service and i think he went kind of hard one night and they had to talk to him not like hey you can't ever come back but like hey you're right in what you said <laughs> to go off like you did he's up they're the only ones paying to keep this show alive <laughs> but yeah if you want to keep having open mics here uh these are our customers for right now so <laughs> You should know in America capitalism rules. Come on, yep. bro. Even for us. You know we're going to side with the customers. They're paying us. Yep. We don't give a fuck about your art. Yeah, that's a, like a solid theory is that comedians are just like a prop to sell alcohol. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard comedians say that when they were coming up, a big reason why they were getting booked in clubs is because they had great numbers for alcohol sales. 
Really? The, word, that particular comedian was good at driving yeah, alcohol sales. Obviously, Burt Kreischer is like one of them. But oh, I've heard yeah. A, I've heard a lot of people say that like because of their style or their look or maybe they have a or beer the crowd on stage. That they draw. Yeah, and you know, back They're in the day, crowds. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure back in the day when you could smoke indoors, comics that smoked on stage, probably like Bill Hicks probably drew. Although he didn't smoke on stage that much, I don't think. I thought he did. I thought he did in the I'm special probably that I watched. Somebody else. Yeah, because I thought I've seen him on stage. He with... talks about smoking a lot. Yeah, he died from it. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Yeah, he fucking burned through cigarettes. But yeah, like back in the day. I'm I'm almost I could you could bet your bottom dollar if they smoked on stage they were drawing a crowd because now it's like we're sharing a cigarette together and I'm talking shit. Yeah. I know Stanhope. I mean he's always been a killer no matter who's in the audience. But I bet back in the day when he was smoking and drinking on stage, I mean I'm pretty sure he had several shows where he'd just do two hours and kill. <sighs> Damn. He's like, he's someone that I didn't know about until I started diving headfirst into comedy. Yeah. Because, like, he's Same such a me, comics honestly. comic yeah. kind of guy. Like, I didn't know about him. And at this point, I I think I've listened to some YouTube clips, maybe. Yeah. But I haven't, like, listened to his stuff. I don't know who who are these huge Stanhope guys. Because he's got his crowd. Yeah, like, he, he has He draws a city. wherever he goes. He's got a city in Arizona where he's all, he's practically the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, I think he's got a, he's got, I think like he's a, got a little set at least before COVID, I think he had a setup there where he would, you know, work out his material and shit. But that makes sense. Yeah, we all love Stan Hope for sure. Yeah, no, he's cool. I just listened to him on Rogan the other day. Yeah, he was real good. That's an old. Friendship. He had a mohawk, I think. <laughs> That's not surprising <laughs> with Stan Hope. Yeah, because he doesn't give a fuck. No, no, he's he's lived by his own rules for a long time, and I respect the hell out of that. And also, he's incredibly talented at his craft. Right. Yeah, and the best part is like the tales of him also on nights where he walked seventy five percent of the crowd sometimes, but that twenty five percent that would stay would just love him. Yeah, that's really how I was he... just thinking about that the other day. That yeah. like, I well, you know what it was is I saw somebody post something on one of those uh, comedians Facebook pages, yeah, like groups that are just stupid. Yeah, like it's full of people who haven't done comedy ranting about comedy. Yeah. They're like, I've done two Zoom open mics. And I'm like, ah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. You, you Why do you have opinions? I've been writing. <laughs> and uh, they were like, one dude was like, uh, I don't know why you're so proud of walking an audience. Like, that's not something you should be proud of. And I'm like, bro, you clearly don't get it. No. It's not about walking the entire audience. That's just being bad at comedy. It's killing and walking an audience. It's a weird blend that if you are that style of comedian that, you know, like an Anthony Jeselnik or a Doug Stanhope or back in the day, Sam Kennison. If you're that kind of comedian that's going to tell, I hate to use the term edgy jokes, but like jokes that are oh. sharp, yeah, you know, that'll cut deep. If you're going to tell those, that is the perfect overlap that like, oh, I've, I've sickened some people, but others are belly laughing. You How know? do you feel like you fit in? Do you have a, a thought on like what kind of comedian you are? I know I try to attack it where I don't want anybody to walk. That may sound pussy as hell. No, no, it no. It doesn't mean that it restricts what I say. I just naturally am not that type of comedian, I guess. That's it. I, I guess mean, you could you classify me as... You can't choose the lane that you're... In my opinion, right. you can't choose the lane that you're going to be in. You just find it. Yeah, like, growing up being funny, I was not funny because... I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely took jokes too far growing up because we're, <laughs> you know, and junior high and high school we're all just passing around each other's trauma 
Yeah. Like we're just projecting whatever we're going through onto each other. And yeah, just one ho- way or you know, bad people. Yeah, exactly. Teenagers suck. But yeah. Anyway, um. But no, my true intention for the for most of my life has been that like I may roast you, but I want you in on it. Yeah. When I take the stage, I want us all to be in on whatever I'm saying, because I want everyone there to laugh, no matter what your background is, no matter who you know you like or don't like politically no matter if if you have a vaccine if you're like i eat my vegetables so i'll be good i don't care (laughs) when i'm for the time that i'm on stage i want us all to be there and hopefully laughing at what i'm saying i like it that's my goal that's cool yeah but even with that that i can well that you can (laughs) feel like you're pandering yeah that's my biggest issue is i feel like sometimes if i like if i have you're pandering if I feel like I have a night where I'm uh, struggling to get everybody on my side, I feel like sometimes I can throw out things that might be. I've cut down over the years, but that's that was one of my one of my biggest issues for a while pre-COVID. I'd say up until maybe like mo- maybe like 2015 and 16, back when I was still kind of in year like two and three. Yeah, I felt like because I was this guy who. Again, I don't necessarily want to hurt feelings, but that's not going to stop me from firing at the hip, you know, or firing from the hip rather. Yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm going to go off on whatever I'm going to go off on. But I did feel like there were times where uh here's what happens is when you say it and it only either gets a half laugh or not really any laugh, you're like, "Oh man, that was probably something that just seemed like it was too much of a meme." Or, like, never intentionally, of course, but, like, you know, sometimes maybe you use a common saying and people just have heard it enough. Like, yeah. a, like not that I've ever done this, but, like, that's what she said. Oh, okay, I see There's peaks and valleys yeah, yeah, with yeah. that kind of a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, me... Like, you can throw out a that's what she said, ironically, to make fun of people who say that's yeah. what she said. But if you just say that's what she said, because an, an and that's audience like your said, punch. says, like, that's hard. Yeah. Like, yikes. Yeah. Like, if that's your main But you're going to get a laugh. Right. Because some people aren't, like, purists about comedy. And no, they're I also just... not wrong. But, like... Right. Because laughter will always be subjective. Yeah, yeah, But that's, like... I see what you're getting at. Because yeah. I wasn't sure. As soon as you hit, um... It seems like a meme. I'm like, oh, that is a thing we got to look out for. I have a couple of them that I'm like, this one's not going to last forever. Like, I'll get a laugh for now. Yeah. And I'll enjoy the laugh. But, like... That's a meme. It might have been the best thing that happened to me because I had been telling this joke since like 2014 even. And it was, uh, it would go, I was in a porno once. I was the boyfriend that went to work. <laughs> I swear to God, I wrote it on the spot with this guy that went out like three times. Like for three weeks, he was out in the comedy scene. I'm pretty sure his name was Jimmy Martin. And then he stopped coming out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. One time I told him I'd drive us to the open mic because he kind of lived by me. But then I never, I was like, I got high instead. And I was like, no, nah, I'll just take myself. Mm-hmm. So I think after that, he was like, man, fuck this dude. I got to ride my <laughs> bike all never the way here. Yeah. Damn. No, nah, it was fucked up. And I was like, but wait, I'll stay home too since it's too late to ride your bike. And then that was just a terrible apology. And then I just stayed home and got even higher. But like, anyway, <laughs> moving on from that. Yeah. Jimmy Martin, before that awkward breakup, I guess, we were talking about. We were just kind of riffing and talking shit, and I was like, yeah, I was actually in a porno. It was the boyfriend that went to work. He was like, dude, say it exactly like that on stage. It's a good joke. Yeah, but I that, could see it because, like, anybody could say it. 
Not anybody, but like... It lasted me until, uh, like, February of this year. I finally saw it as a meme. I mean, it's a good joke. I was like, yeah, that's it. Because now, the way I see it is... People will be like, oh, I saw that as a meme. And they'll think I'm one of the... Like, like I'm a catchphrase comedian from the 90s. And I'm not. But it was fun while it lasted. Because I I tagged it up a little bit. And I'd be like, uh, you know... Somebody's got to pay the fucking bills. And it's not going to be the pool boy. Because he's fucking my girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I'd, I'd go in on that. And then I'd have different directions from there. But, like, still, it's just... Again, it's a blessing and a curse because it lets you know that you're kind of in the right brain realm. Yes. You're writing your, your brain. You know naturally. It's a tight that, joke. There aren't extra words in that joke. Whether that's a meme or somebody makes it a Facebook post eventually that you don't know, you're like, well, I did come up with that on my own six months ago. And while this person is going to make it this well-known meme now because they have 30,000 followers, I'm going to retire it, but I know in my heart I'm on to something. Oh yeah, a lot of that is. That's what. Too. That's how I've gotten over anything I've seen on the internet that has ever kind of uncomfortably paralleled my thought. I have one that's definitely that, and yeah. I'm pretty unconcerned that my audience will hear this before I, uh, as are you, that before uh, they see me. But anyway, I have this one. You've heard it where I go. Um, you know, I'm glad you're all here. I've been trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Yeah, that's a fun one. It gets a laugh every time, but like. I've seen the memes. Yeah. Like, it's it's funny. People like it. I'm not going to hang my hat on that one. No. And you're also not even a year in. So like, yeah. This like, is... I'm comfortable still saying it. Yeah. You know? Until yeah. I can figure out storytelling like like a beast, which yeah. I will. But, like, it's hard as shit. So, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm working on one-liners. Yeah. I'm doing okay with it. Making people feel awkward. Talking about black people. Yeah, with this come over, <laughs> with this fucking hair. Yeah, and like he shouldn't be saying anything about black people. Look at him. Yeah, he looks like the problem. Yeah, he looks like the one that's holding us back. Yeah, he's the one. He's doing. He's the. He's where. He's the system that's he's systemic the racism. Yeah, and you're like guys. I swear to God, I used to watch BET Uncut. <laughs> I Shout didn't. Out to BET. No, I just uh, <laughs> BET Uncut was white. awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, they'd show it like in the late hours, like two, three a.m on uh, BET obviously and it would be like the rap videos that would have naked chicks in them oh shit okay they'd usually censor the nudity but sometimes a nipple would slip I mean in middle school like it didn't matter yeah we're talking like 2001 2002 was when I caught on to it so like you know I'd I'd wake up to go pee and I'd be like oh everybody's asleep it's Saturday at (laughs) 2am let me sneak out into the living room see what's on BET uncut anybody (laughs) has questions I'm just watching music videos (laughs) Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I, I respected it. Um, but what were we talking about right before that? Memes. Uh, memes, yeah. yeah jokes no, can be you'll, memes. You'll, yeah. You'll, Where you write a great joke. It's a perfect joke. There's nothing wrong with the joke. Yeah. And it gets a laugh every time. And you're like, well, at some point it's got to go. Yeah. You have to make yourself grow. Yep. At a rate that you're comfortable with. It's not to say that... You have to always attack differently, but you definitely want to uh, try to change it up uh, every so often to remain. So you don't get you don't want to get stagnant either. Yeah, you never want to get stagnant. Creatively. The thing is, uh, the audience won't tell you, but no. the co- the comics will know. Yeah, usually when every comic knows. If you've been in it for a while, yeah. they know who's telling the same jokes every night. Yeah, 
that's 100% true. And and in this scene, people pay attention. And yeah, I, that's why I like it. It made me better. And oh, like, yeah? yeah, when I was coming up, you know, we all have our hacky things. And the more you do time on stage around the comedians in this scene, the better you're going to get because they don't 98% of them aren't going to give you pity laughs. Oh, no. Yeah, like, no. you have about three weeks, and then it's like, it's not so much that they quit laughing at everything, because some bits are timeless in the scene. A lot of people have timeless bits. Yeah. But, like, there's certain things, like you said, like, if it's a one-liner that maybe sounds a little too close to the line mm-hmm. of a meme, even if it's not a meme, that one, you're right, it's got a shelf life of maybe a month. I've had to shelf uh, a lot of my jokes here at the mics. Because they, like, stop working because everyone's heard them. And I'm like, I'm not even going to try and get these, yeah, like, six to ten uh, just regular people to laugh at that. It's not yeah. even worth it. I'll hit them with the new stuff. Right. Um, I got to keep working on it, even though I'd love to be uh, trying to get laughs off of stuff that I know gets laughs. Right. You got to keep moving. There's nothing... You know what? Actually, we're pushing each other. This is very yeah. good growth that way. I think this scene has come a long way since I started... Um... You know, I don't like to shit on people that I don't know, but just from a personal perspective, I think this is like the most comfortable I think first year comics I've ever felt in the scene, and that's it's a good be thing. COVID. Yeah, it probably might have been COVID because it's been the past year has been COVID. Yeah, and there's people that used to be here that didn't like certain people, and now most of the people that come to the Shrunken Head open mic are cool with each other. And I think that fosters a creative environment because now, like, when we're roasting each other out back, we're also talking about each other's acts. We're talking about a lot of things. We're getting to know each other. We're it's a collaborative saying, environment. Yeah, like, and which we're is just beautiful. It's hard to find. We start riffing off each other too. Like, we should start like tonight. I think we've written, and you know, when we say written, it's like, oh no, we just talked about it for yeah 14 minutes writing is a weird thing i pace around my apartment just talking to myself yeah. like a weirdo that's writing we've wrote like uh three sketches in 14 minutes like <laughs> yeah me and jeff is step jeff ladala stepbrothers or half brothers or something like that uh halima and jordan reinhardt as uh sisters uh and johnny as a manager in one of them or something like that <laughs> we're just having fun but like that's just throwing creative ideas out we're building that and I really love what we're doing, man. I do. And, uh, yeah, if your shit's hacky, if it's trash, the artists in this scene don't have a lot of tolerance for that. And I really yeah. respect that shit. But also not pushy or mean about it. No. Just like you're doing your thing, you'll no. figure it out. And there are some people in the air quotes old guard that were like that too. There's a reason why, like, it's only gotten better. is because it started somewhere. And, like, over time in my experience friendlier people have stuck around and we've all kind of developed this thing where it's like there may be some people who aren't the best of friends with each other but like for the most part there's no real notable beefs at least on a nightly basis and that's cool it's really cool to see it's nice to see everybody out there supporting each other's acts um you know there's people that'll you know tell you about what they liked about your set what they didn't like and then you start talking about a movie that's coming up and now you've been talking for a half hour about who was the guy that was the third lead he was the guy oh yeah he also played maury and goodfellas you're just talking about everything under the sun yep and it's hilarious it's great man i i really like 
the environment. It's great to have it slowly coming back. Because before it. COVID, we had a lot of fun. And I hope, and it looks like we're kind of getting back to that. So that's cool, man. It's awesome. It's Shout a good out scene. to the Columbus comedy scene. Columbus comedy scene is dope. You're past, dope. Past, present, and future. Shout Fuck out to yeah. everybody. Fuck yeah. Uh, I'm, we're going to wrap up here. I think we got it, man. Thanks for being on the podcast. Point, Steve. Thank you for we're having good. me, buddy. Fuck good luck yeah. Saturday. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Right, you I think somebody's to... recording it, so you might get to see it. Nice. All right. How'd you set go? Did you kill it or completely bomb it? But there's one thing we know. You didn't make any money. How'd you set go?